What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. It's the big take from Bloomberg News and iHeartRadio. I'm Wes Kosova. Today, green bonds. They're selling billions of dollars worth of them. But just how green are they, really? It sounds like a noble enough idea. A company or maybe a government needs money to pay for a big solar power project or to replace dirty diesel school buses with electric ones. So they issue what's called a green bond. Green bonds work like any other bond. Investors buy them to finance a project. The investors are paid back with interest and they get to feel good about themselves for putting their money into a cleaner future. The increasing demand for this kind of ethical investing has led to an explosion in the number of green bonds of every description. The thing is, it's not always easy to tell if projects described as green really are, or if it's just clever marketing. That's what we're digging into today. And we'll start with the basics. My colleague, Aaron Rutkoff, joins me now. He oversees climate and environmental coverage at Bloomberg Green. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Wes. What is a green bond? A green bond is you're borrowing money, you're taking on debt, and you're spending that money on an explicitly pro-climate, pro-environmental, energy transition-oriented project. And who's issuing these bonds? Like, who's borrowing and who's looking for this money? You could be a sovereign government. So, you know, you could be the government of India who just entered the green bond market for the first time. And you're trying to use this money on, you know, big infrastructure projects, on uh, solar farms. Controversially, you could be a fossil fuel company and you're trying to lower the emissions with some of your refineries. Or you could be trying to build renewable energy infrastructure for a big company that's trying to uh, put solar panels on the roof of its uh, warehouses. All of that would fall in a green bond. So you're issuing these bonds. You're saying, hey, buy these bonds. Uh, you'll get a return on them. And the money is going to be used for good. Right, right. It, and it, it has to have dedicated green purpose. It can't just be an all-purpose uh, debt instrument to raise money for your company. It, it's got to be, or, or your government, it's got to be going directly to some explicitly named green project. And so that's the difference between, say, a green bond and a regular bond, because governments and companies, they issue bonds all the time to pay for projects. And the deal is, sure, you give us the money and you'll get a return. Right. And I think one of the reasons why green bonds are uh, appealing is because people who might uh, invest in your debt can be the people who just like your government or your company as an investment, right? Like your normal people who would be interested in such a thing. But you also open up a whole wider world of people that are interested in uh, marketing themselves as having invested in ESG. ESG is environmental, social, and uh, governance criteria for investing. It's hugely popular now. In addition to everyone else who might have previously been interested in uh, your debt, you now have ESG investors. These green bonds have become very popular. How big is the worldwide green bond market right now? 
So uh, it, it's only been around since 2007. So if you want to go lifetime, 2007 and now, you're at $3.8 trillion. And if you want to look at a more recent, according to Bloomberg and EF, uh, in the first half of this year, there was $492 billion. And, and every month, you know, it goes up and down, but you're seeing tens of billions of dollars of new green bond activity, you know, in any given month right now. Is there any standard that you have to meet for a green bond, like uh, you have to fulfill these requirements or can anyone just claim that their bond is green? So Wes, if you want to do a green bond in Europe, there are standards there. Europe was the first one to go into green bonds in a big way. They're still the biggest market for it. And they're the furthest along in regulations. So they're in the process of adopting very clearly defined standards. And most of the time, those standards are being observed right now, even if they don't have the full force of law because they're not finalized yet. But if you're doing it in the U.S., it's going to be like so many climate things under a voluntary standard. So there's a standard setting body. You're supposed to be complying with their rules and there's certain you know, processes like your most uh, bonds. You don't have to report on the activity that's going into the bonds. Like if you're doing standard corporate debt, you don't have to do any special uh, reporting to meet that bond criteria going forward. But with green bonds under the voluntary standards in the U.S., you're going to be making statements about, you know, how's that hydroelectric project going or how's that uh, battery project that you took the bond out for. And that makes it easier for people like us journalists to look into what's happening. But you know, in the U.S., if you want to know what's truly happening in a green bond, you know, you're going to need to look into it. A regulator that's going to come in and penalize you if you're if you're not following the rules. I imagine you spend a lot of time with uh, the Bloomberg Green team trying to find out whether these projects are green. Do you find a lot of them that claim to be that aren't? Yes, 100 percent. Yes. There was recently some work we were doing looking at data centers in the U.S. as a particular user of green bonds. Now, I'm not the standard setting uh, body by any means, and I certainly wouldn't be making like a one size all decree here. But data centers produce a lot of emissions. And so it's not 100 percent obvious if you're just looking at it on the surface that that would be the, the greenest of all possible investments. Are there results being seen from all this money being spent? So like, can you measure it in the atmosphere in terms of like, is carbon dioxide going down because we have green bonds? I think there's been a lot of capital that's moved into green projects in a way that, you know, a good amount of it is, is positive. It, it's brought a lot of finance into renewable energy. Now, there's an economic basis for renewable energy in a way that there wasn't before. The cost of building solar or wind is often going to be the cheapest new source of energy anywhere that you go. So if the question is like, are green bonds transforming the planet so that it's much more sustainable? Is it going to the places that are the hardest to decarbonize and bringing a lot of money in? I think there the answer is a little more difficult to see. Guidelines on really what is a green bond and what is not so that you don't just slap that label on for a good look. We tend to see a lot of green bond activity going into things that are already very safe and established. And what you're not seeing is green bonds as a way to, say, decarbonize the aviation industry or some other kind of heavy industry that's really difficult right now to solve, where we really do need more capital to bring about climate solutions. So right now, you're seeing a lot of it go to things that are already very successful and maybe not as much going into the big innovations that we need for like the next step of decarbonization. I hear this uh, phrase greenwashing a lot when it comes to green bonds. What is greenwashing? 
Greenwashing is just making a claim of climate impact or decarbonization or environmental positivity that's really a mask for business as usual or a practice that isn't helping very much. Do you see a lot of greenwashing in green bonds? Yes. I mean, you can very easily find projects that don't seem to really map onto a very effective or measurable decarbonization drawing green bonds. You can find things where the money is going to places that aren't positive at all, that might be negative. I mean, the, the example of a data center drawing green bonds, you're going to have a lot of questions that so you're going to want to ask about that project. There are fossil fuel companies that are drawing green bonds while they're still building new fossil fuel resources. You know, still the green bond might not be going to that, but it's going to the same company that's also expanding its fossil fuel. You're going to have a lot of questions you're going to want to ask. And in the world we're in right now, you're going to have to really look closely at each project before you're, you can feel absolutely certain that it's not connected to greenwashing. Aaron Rudkoff, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Wes. One country putting that green label on all kinds of projects, China. We talk about that after the break. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Rebecca June Wiggins joins me now. She is a government reporter for Bloomberg based in Hong Kong. Rebecca, you and our colleagues, Caroline Kahn, Shirley, and Adrian Lung, have written this big story taking a look at China's green bonds and where that money is really going. That's not always an easy thing to find out, is it? China has built one of the world's biggest green bond markets. It's raised more than 300 billion since 2015. And it's really sort of focused on trying to rein in some of the environmental problems in China. But like many parts of the world that have tried to develop these sort of green financing markets, there have been real concerns about disclosure and gaps uh, and issues with transparency. So they built a $300 billion green bond market in really just seven years. And It's central because President Xi Jinping has made this a very important part of China's sort of green energy transition. Is that right? 
Absolutely. So China's sort of green ambitions have been a central part of Xi Jinping's policy. He's placed it at the heart of a lot of what the central government has sought to do over the past decade. And he's really done more than any other leader. He's said to be a true believer in the environmental cause. And a lot of that initially focused on trying to curb really excessive pollution in many of China's mega cities. Xi Jinping's ambitions for China's environmental policy sort of continue to be dominated by phrases that he has, including this one that mountain and river green are mountains of silver and gold. And that's not going to be cheap. And the reason why they're issuing these bonds in part is because by their own estimates, it's going to cost just like an astronomical amount of money. Absolutely. So by their own projections, it could cost upwards of 18 trillion US dollars to fund this green transition. So it is an immense amount of money. And in that context, China's green bond market so far is just a small sliver of that. So you looked at a bunch of different big, ambitious projects that some of these green bonds are going to fund. And your question was, how green are they? What are some of these projects? So one of the interesting projects that we looked at was this Hebei Iron and Steel Company. And it was initially intended, this bond, to sort of help with pollution prevention and control. But it was actually in part used to fund the relocation of a factory that had already happened. So the factory was moved from Hebei's provincial capital and residents there were, of course, pleased um, and said it had helped with pollution. But the issue, I think, is that the plant's new neighbours are sceptical about the green credentials or the environmental friendliness of that project. So we spoke to one man who runs a private bus line in the area where the new factory has been built. And he suspects that the pollution prevention system is actually turned off when nobody's watching. And he noted that there's smoke, you can see smoke from the factory better at night. He also pointed to the dilapidated buildings that belong to former villages in the new areas and said that he was planning to leave soon and that nobody lives there anymore. Saying that, one more transparent element about the project is that it did include its targets for emission and pollution reduction. So, for example, it set out to try and save more than 150,000 tonnes of coal and more than 800,000 tonnes of water and uh, more than 80,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions. So it did lay out some explicit targets. You tried to sort out which of these big projects funded by green bonds were, in fact, green projects. Can you tell us what you found? So we took this sort of case study of 35 of some of China's biggest green bonds from more than a thousand of the securities that have been issued so far. And of the 10 of the biggest bonds, about half of them didn't have any disclosures about what type of projects they were going to. And one of the biggest bonds, although it disclosed more than 220 different projects, didn't really specify what types of projects and what actual projects they were going to. So we did find there were these transparency issues with that case study. One of the criticisms of green bonds is that buyers don't really have a very good idea of how green the project actually is. And with China, that seems to be an especially big problem. So until relatively recently, green got bonds could actually be used to fund so-called clean coal. 
that was something that was very controversial, particularly with international investors. That's no longer now acceptable as part of the green bond framework. And it's just one of the things that authorities have laid out to try and bring the standards of China's environmental bonds closer to international standards and closer in particular to Europe standards. Instead, some of those companies, those coal companies, could in turn try to issue transition bonds, which would help with that movement to an alternative source of energy or to find cleaner ways of producing energy. So who is buying all of these bonds if they have to eventually have trillions of dollars of investors? They're not all in China. Who is investing in bonds where it's not always clear where the money's going? So about 70% of China's green bonds are denominated in yuan. So those are also known as local bonds, and they're largely really accessible to local investors. That leaves about 30% of bonds which are denominated in hard currencies, typically in US dollars. And these are the ones that are much easier for international investors to buy. So the bulk of the bonds that Chinese companies issue are, are actually predominantly bought and sold by local investors and particularly really by financial institutions. And authorities themselves have urged the market to step in and try and boost demand for these types of notes. One way to boost demand, I suppose, would be to increase the transparency around what an investor's money is being spent on. Absolutely. So China has, for example, tried to increase and improve standards around green bonds, particularly trying to introduce these taxonomies, these systems of classification and make them sort of closer to European standards, which are sort of considered, I think, the, the best in show here. And that's essential to attracting particularly international investors who typically have higher standards when it comes to fulfilling the requirements of their green mandates on funds, for example. You mentioned that 70 percent of the buyers of these bonds are local investors paying in yuan. It's not at all clear that they're all buying these bonds because they're green. What other reason would they be buying these bonds for? So it's not really clear that we're seeing many local investors choosing to buy lots of these bonds because of their green credentials. A lot of them seem to be bought and sold by financial institutions themselves. So I think there is an imperative felt from these financial institutions, many of which are state banks, to meet these sort of policies that are set out at the top to try to buy, sell and engage in these green financing markets. But it's not really clear if the market itself has been motivated to engage to buy green debt because of the environmental goals. So, for example, we haven't seen a massive rush of green credit funds where the mandate or the requirement of the fund is to focus specifically on environmental debt. That's different from, say, in Europe, where we have seen more of that kind of activity. And does it look good for them to be investing in something that the president, Xi Jinping, has publicly said is important to him? Authorities do seem to be aware that they need to encourage the market itself to try and fill the gap when it comes to investing in this type of product and try and sort of generate demand from the market itself. But we have certainly seen companies looking to try and meet these green goals and selling debt possibly, even when it isn't necessarily something which would obviously fulfill some kind of green requirement. Do you think that China will ultimately mirror Europe and other Western bond markets, which have greater, if not 
terrific, transparency? Or do you think they'll stay the same and other nations will start to mimic China in issuing a lot of bonds without a lot of transparency? Well, China certainly has a different challenge to more developed countries. It's essentially trying to sort of still grow and develop its economy, move out of a sort of industrial phase and meet these very ambitious environmental targets at the same time. But I do think that China ultimately is trying to move towards these better standards that we see in Europe and other Western bond markets, which have much greater transparency. So, for example, moving away from uh, using green bonds to fund clean coal, which is very controversial among international investors, plus now saying that all of the use of proceeds from bonds have to go to green projects are two ways where China is trying to align its standards more closely with European standards. Do you anticipate that China will begin to really aggressively court outside investors to try to get international buyers for these bonds? Well, on the one hand, I think the move to adopt some of these international standards does suggest it is trying to create a more integrated system. We have seen, of course, about a third of the bonds issued in offshore currencies so they are sold outside of mainland China, where it's much easier for international investors to access them. Saying that, the bulk of China's credit market, which is, has been historically used to fund enormous amount of its development, really is in the onshore market, where it's, they're really dominated by local investors and local financial institutions. So the bulk of China's $19 trillion credit market is, in fact, onshore. Rebecca Jung Wilkins, thanks so much for talking to me. Thanks you very much for having me. What does a green bond project that's actually green look like? Our producer in London, Federica Romagnello, took a stroll down the Thames River to find out. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline, it's teamwork, and it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. I'm in London. I'm standing just underneath Blackfriars Bridge. It's the 
average London rainy day. There is a little bit of sunshine. There is quite a lot of rain coming down. And I'm standing in a construction site with Camille Cochran. Hi, Camille. Hello, Frederica. Camille, you are the interim head of treasury at Tideway. Could you tell me a bit more about Tideway and why, of all places, today we're standing in a construction site? London relies on a sewer built for a population less than half its current size. And as a result, there's millions of tons, roughly 40 million a year, that get pumped into the River Thames. We're building a giant sewer, which is going to intercept these spills and divert them into our, into our super sewer. This will then be carried eastwards across to the sewage treatments worked in Beckton, out to the east of London. So Camille, we are standing now in the construction site of Blackfriars. Blackfriars station is just behind us. Uh, the Thames is just a few meters in front of us. Obviously, we cannot go underwater into the actual tunnel. But what does that look like? The, the Thames Tideway Tunnel that we're building is a 25 kilometer long, long tunnel, 7.2 meter width, so enough to get three London buses side by side inside it. Just you can picture that. It stretches from Acton in the west to Abbey Mills uh, in the east. Uh, it will be capturing the, uh, the 40 million tons of raw sewage that's pumped into the Thames every year. What about now? Because now this tunnel is not operational. So where is that waste going at the moment? Currently, that waste is going into the Thames every year. Um, where we're standing here at Blackfriars Bridge, this is, this is by the, the fleet CSO, the combined sewerage overflow. This alone pumps half a million tons of raw sewage into the Thames on average every single year. So the reason why we're talking about this specific project during this episode about green bonds is because part of the funding for this project has come from green bonds. Could you tell me more about who is financing this project, where the money is coming from? So the money is coming from a, a combination of, of equity and debt. So first of all, we, we've had support from shareholders who have invested 1.3 billion of their own money of, of equity into the company, and that's been injected as cash and used for the construction of the tunnel. We've had a further 1.8 billion in green bonds of the, of the total 3 billion of, of debt issued, uh, uh, all going into the construction of, of this asset. And when it comes to those green bonds, in 2017, you published a framework for the issuance of said green bonds, which was later updated in 2020 and also earlier this year in February 2022. What does that framework entail? Concretely, that framework is there to ensure that proceeds of the bonds are being used correctly. Now, in Tideway's case, every single penny that we receive is going into a project that's delivering massive envi environmental benefits. When it comes to the actual building of this tunnel, what sort of green policies and green uh, strategies are you putting in place as a company during the building phase? One, one example of that is right in front of us here with the barge. Tideway is a, a massive construction project going through the heart of London along the River Thames and impacting some of the busiest, busiest areas and uh, with, with 24 construction sites. Now, on a project of this scale, there's a lot of material being excavated, a lot of material needed in, in, during the construction process. And what these barges have been doing is taking, taking a lot of that traffic off of the roads and, and moving it by river. That brings multiple benefits. So in terms of safety for people in the streets, uh, there's, there's fewer, fewer vehicles on the roads. That's also taking pollution off of the roads. 
so it's delivered in a more environmentally friendly way. Um, Some of these barges are being run on hydrogenated vegetable oil. Now, a lot of this material that's been excavated, uh, it's, it's good quality material. And in Rainham in Essex, uh, we've actually used it to create a wetland area for birds. When is this project going to be finished? And what does that mean for, you know, the aesthetic of the Thames, really? So we're entering a new phase in Tidewood. So with most of the construction complete, uh, uh, all the, all the t- primary tunnelling has completed. Uh, we've, we've done the majority of the secondary lining. Um, so the new phase that we're entering now is, is the commissioning. So it's the, over the next couple of years, we'll be doing all the testing, make, making sure it's operational. Where we're standing here uh, at Blackfriars, this is one of the places where we'll have the lasting visible legacy of the project. We expect the project to become operational uh, in 2025. Camille Cocken, Interim Head of Treasury at Tideway, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Federica. Thank you for having me. That was our producer, Federica Romaniello. And you can read the China Green Bond story Rebecca Chung Wilkins talked about at Bloomberg.com. Thanks for listening to us here at The Big Take. It's a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Read today's story and subscribe to our daily newsletter at Bloomberg.com slash Big Take. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us with questions or comments to Big Take at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of The Big Take is Vicky Bergolina. Our senior producer is Catherine Fink. Our producer is Federica Romaniello. Our associate producer is Zenib Siddiqui. Rafael Amsili is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. I'm Wes Kosova. We're taking a pause for the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S., and we'll be back on Monday with another Big Take. Enjoy your weekend. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.